we are nearing the end of the calendar year 2020 probably remember reading this early in the year someone requested to trade this year in because they believe it has a virus it has been the year of the toilet paper could you imagine running out of toilet paper and the shelves the stores empty March received this own year someone assigned it at least 300 days or if you were to rate the year 2020, it probably would receive no more than one star out of five. But having said that, we, we must narrow our focus on the most important institution. It is, it is not the schools, the educational system. It's not our economic structure, our political structure. It, it is the church of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, we're reviewing the church uh, for this Pastor Soapbox podcast. And we want to note it and see if the church has been blindsided by this year. Uh, because if anyone had a clear vision for 2020, they were sadly mistaken. Notwithstanding, and we say this without controversy, everything in this year is moving according to God's plan. And it takes a biblical approach to see these events that way and to embrace God's will, God's rule, God's work in society. To that extent, because we're in this sinful world, this corrupt world, this world that is sin-cursed, we live in and we will experience catastrophic results. We have known of family members who have died this year. I lost my father this year, although not related to COVID. But there have been COVID-related deaths and, and just other deaths associated with the results of the fall. But the final and chief point in the process that we, we look at is God. That through every event, the name and the glory of God shines through. So I just want to put a, a few passages before you because I think the Word of God speaks uh, to our Father's divine authority and our Son's headship over creation. Isaiah 50, 45, Isaiah 45 verses 5 through 7, I am the Lord and there is no other besides me, there is no God, I equip you, though you do not know me. So God equips this, this King Cyrus, who is not a worshiper of God, God prepares him to do his will and to complete his work. Why, that people may know from the rising of the sun from the west that there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. And we need not to be apologetic with that truth. That through all of the events under the sun and all the events that that is in God's cosmic creation, he rules over it all. We also consider, because scripture does that, it's that God is merciful and abundant in kindness. When the flip side calamities are a result of human rebellion. But those calamities are not outside the will and the counsel of God. Because he controls every event 
Even though humanity is responsible for the sin that brought them into being, God controls those events, and those events are not free radicals. God uses them to reveal his power, to open our eyes to reality, to remind us how frail we are as we looked at Psalm 90, and to teach us to number our days so that we live wisely. God uses seasons of disasters or viruses to open our eyes to sin and our need for salvation, uh, to see how frail our body and our life is, that we're but dust here today, gone tomorrow. Uh, but for the Christian, it is a maturing instrument. It matures us, it sanctifies us, uh, because the trials and the hardships of life used by God to produce the endurance that is necessary. It also stirs our affections for Christ above all things by detaching us from our love of this pleasure-filled world. So as we think about these truths, we are learning to accept and embrace with thanksgiving that God actively rules over every event. Therefore, we embrace the good, we accept the good and the calamity as occasions to know God, to trust him and remember his sovereign rule over his creation. According to Exodus 9, he plagued Egypt to declare his great name. Exodus 9 verse 16, God raises a man like Pharaoh for this purpose. God says to show my power so that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. And so now let's talk about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the second person in the Trinity, who is now the risen Savior, truly God, truly man. The Lord Jesus Christ is the head of a creation. He's also been given as God's precious gift to us as head of the church. We're known as his body, his temple, sometimes the Holy Spirit's temple, other times God's building or God's temple. And so the Holy Spirit brings this sense of Christ's rule, Christ's authority, Christ's reign in our hearts and lives into the life of the church. So it helps us to view life and our, our existence in this earth from a Christological point of view. Now, why am I stating the obvious? Well, the reason I'm stating, and I just stated what uh, last few minutes from Exodus and, and from Isaiah is that hard times are revealing much about us and unveiling some things about us that we may not have paid attention to before. Uh, maybe these hard times are frustrating some of you and you feel that compulsion to really act out and and to showcase your sins for what they are. On the flip side, there may be a, a, another pressure, pressure to conform to the world's norms. So the world has a method of communication, a method of fellowship. Uh, there, there's the fellowship of Facebook, and then that's where our friends are. But then the church has something completely different. But in the conformity to the norms of the world, we are 
adapting to and adopting practices that are, I would call, non-communal events. In other words, we're becoming comfortable with being isolated, separated. So if your church happens to be from your bedside, it's your church plant. It's called Bedside Baptist. But, but that form of worship is, sits on the approval of, of many leaders today. But there are other issues that this year has, I think, uh, escalated or exposed. They're already there, but exposed them. And I think if we all put our heads together, we probably could come up with 2,020 of them or 2,020 of them. But due to time and other limitations, I will only offer 20 or maybe 40. There'll be 20 issues, but also 20 initiatives for us to consider. Obviously, I will not finish it all in, in this podcast, but I will try to get through the 20 issues. 20 of them that may have blindsided us in 2020. Number one, online worship. Online quote worship. There is, and it has historically been true, a promotion of and an almost accepting of worship our way. And that is online quote worship, where you, you don't attend, but uh, your attention is, is fixated on your flat screen or your laptop, and, and that is how you're enjoying fellowship. There are, I think, cases where this is very helpful I would say it's the online option. You cannot attend, you're physically unable. You cannot attend it, and it's good to have that. In fact, when we first started our online opportunity for those to to watch, it was done for a lady who was in a hospital and she, she, was, uh, she was in bed and she couldn't leave. And she really wanted to at least be a part of the service in some way. That was genuine. But when you have the physical capability, the ability, the strength to attend and you choose not to, that is no longer an option available to you. There are other people who are maybe in remote parts of the world or there's no church nearby. And so, I mean, there may be exceptions, but sometimes the exception can become the norm. But issue number two, and yes, online quote, communion. I don't want to dwell on that too long because I think the initiatives to consider counters this approach. I know during COVID, some congregations were practicing social distancing communion where it would be like a a drive-through communion. And I know we were trying to be creative and innovative. I get all of those things. I think we're all struggling through what to do and how. But we may have to consider that there's some activities that are fundamentally participatory and can only be done in person. Issue number three, struggling saints. And uh, I have that issue here because there's some people who would struggle or have been struggling, are struggling, that you would at least suspect that they would be a part of that struggle. I mean, the virus has surprisingly caught some people as the struggle has surprisingly caught some of us. Maybe you know of your own struggle that you didn't think would actually be there. You, those sins that you didn't think were there. You said, well, I, I thought I, 
I was mortifying it. Mortification is obviously a progressive thing. It's a process. But yeah, there were some saints who are still and have been struggling through this. It's been quite a sight to see. But our God is merciful and faithful. Number four, isolation. Isolation, almost as isolationism, uh, isolationism where you're, it's the constant practice of being alone and, and living with it as if it is ideal and right. I think this has produced that. We can almost say separation. There, there's, there's a sense to which some people are separated from the fellowship, but they don't feel and miss that as much as they are concerned about a COVID. Issue number five that I have is pride. Especially when you think you're right. I'm not talking about you specifically, unless it is you, but just in general, right? When we are confident that we've got our point, right? And you have the proper interpretation of that text then humility is, is vital to channeling that truth in a way that seeks to win the other over instead of winning the argument. But pride is to enforce that truth, to, to almost do it in, in a, a legalistic way instead of patiently waiting for the other person to get to that place where, yes, I understand. I was talking to a minister friend just the other day, and, and that's one of the things he, he brought up is the lack of humility throughout this process on the part of some has been disappointing. But here's is that the issues that we have through the events in 2020, they were always there. So praise God that he's exposing those sins. I pray that we are being made willing by his grace to deal with them. Number six, what about impatience? That's another issue. Your, your patience has been tested on several levels, though. Not, it's not just one. I mean, there's some of you who, who have been tested when, when it comes to your occupation, your job. That in one, one aspect, every job that is good and provides a need for society that is morally and ethically good and right is an essential because in one way or another it pays the bills. That's essential. Paying the bills is essential. So it's been a test of your patience or just, just normalcy. It's like we're in a foreign country, wherever you are, that you've never seen that many plexiglass fixtures in one building. I mean, you thought you'll see that at a hockey rink, in a hockey rink, but not in a store. We were at a store, my wife and I in San Diego, a few weeks ago. San Diego, California, if some of you don't know, it's, it's about two hours south of, of where we live in the Los Angeles, California area. Just went for a little break, a couple hours away. Okay, maybe it's three and a half hours. I think it's more like three and a half hours. And... This, the worker 
We are with a mask on already and we're probably about four feet from him. Okay, two feet from my social distance. He says, I, I want you to stand behind the plexiglass away from me while I bag your groceries. And my wife and I, we were stunned. Uh, we, we moved, but you know, you can see we're like deer in the headlights. It was like, we just got blindsided by a very bizarre request. It's a test of our patience and resolve to respond to those things, right? Correctly, because it is so easy to become angry. Maybe your, your patience is being tested with the local fellowship. Issue number seven, faithfulness. What about faithfulness? That's, that's another one. What does faithfulness look like or, or am I compromising? Should I bear up or bail out? That's another issue to think about. Number eight, making compromises. Now there's the, the wisdom in, in, in making good decisions, but the compromises here that, that I'm referring to are, are aligning ourselves with people that even though their objective is, is for society's benefit, their objective opposes the gospel. There's no neutrality there. It's, it's, a, it's an oppositional force. It's an attack against the very essence of the character and nature of our God, the love of our Savior, the mercy of our God, the sacrifice of our Savior and the cross. is a different gospel. There have been many compromises made this year for a social causes. Now, we, we can agree that there's social inequities in this world. And that, that has happened since the fall. The sense of balance in society is hard to, to conceive in our fallen mind. Unbalanced scales are common, whether it's in the business sector in our heart. Partiality is, is our general makeup in sin, not impartiality. So the church then has to think about the long-term effects of those compromises and the harm it does not for your generation if you're older but the younger generation because they will slowly give way just imagine the children of israel from year to year decade to decade it got so bad that the priests found the book of the law buried under some of the archives in the temple and and he takes it to Josiah, didn't he read it himself? But it's over the years that when, when preachers fight for social causes and pursue worldly comforts as many of these priests and false prophets did in Israel's time, those compromises, they will produce catastrophic spiritual damage. All right, contentions, that's number nine. Issue number nine is contentions. Number eight was making compromises. Contentions, that's another one. Just the, the constant friction, the, the tension and the contentions produced almost, it's like whatever was done over the last few years is almost forgotten. When we become so 
trapped with our emotion and we're contentious people instead of gentle and meek like our savior. Another issue uh, that I've seen this year is conflict over compassion. Willing to win the argument, win the day, and not win the person over. And then what about the pity and the, the mercy? If God is merciful toward us, he's patient, patient toward us. I've seen this quite a bit as another issue that that this year has just exponentially unveiled. I'm grateful to the Lord he's done this, that he's, he's opened our hearts to see our sin because we, we cast ourselves at the Savior. We, we go back to the gospel once more. We realize that the corruption of sin and the pollution of sin has had such a harmful effect on us. And we're so grateful that we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, for the glory of God alone. Issue number 11 is the promotion of divisiveness. The promotion of divisiveness. You know, the adversary, our enemy, is unable to prevent God's people from entering the celestial city. The glory that awaits us. But, but boy, he, he knows how to plan well to distract us and to stir division and to stir the pot of divisiveness and and your argument and your fighting uh, you you cause a, a weaker brother sister uh, to 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 have to choose sides and, and 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 another party chooses side and and now you have uh, 10 on one side and eight on the other and, and and you have a fractured church then you you have a, a divided church then you have a, a quote split church These issues, if we're not careful, promote divisiveness. Issue number 12, bitterness. When I said bitterness, at least how toxic this bitterness has been. I refer to that again, and it's, it's the undoing of many years of fellowship, of, of enjoyment, of love in Christ together. All it's, it's all undone in one moment. because we let the, the root of bitterness and we fed the root of bitterness over this time. It's something that I have witnessed personally. It is an issue. Number 13, this one is personal, but it is something to consider. This is an issue that we need to think about for this year. You have a church or congregation with an exhausted pastor, faithful, preaching the word of God, this is exhausting. This is a spiritual battle. There's the emotional part with it. If it's a smaller congregation, it's more challenging. That's, that's an issue in 2020. Um, the rate of pastors stepping down has, has always been high. It might be higher this year, and even maybe the rate of church closures, which is something that we might look at in a moment. Uh, number 14, this is issue number 14, a church with an exhausted congregation. The believers are tired. They've been through so much. And these are things we have to think about when we're ministering to the congregation as to why I preached a series, Counsel for an Exhausted Congregation, because we were tired. Believers are tired. We're, we're human. The travail, the, 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 the burdens, and even as you're pursuing Christ-likeness, it gets hard 
2020 has not been easy. We have to be sympathetic. We can't say, well, you know, we got to be big people and we got to toughen up. No, we, we have to meet people where they are. And there's some and many who may be exhausted and you don't even know that. Something to think about. You may be exhausted and you have not declared or um, expressed that to anyone. Number 15, you have a church divided in the struggle. They're, they're struggling. It's a battle, right? We know that. All that's gone on with the Constitution, the laws, and the courts, and then the inner fights in the, in the church. It's like we have a struggle already. We have a battle that we should be, as Paul says in, in Romans, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Philippians 127, we should be standing side by side for the faith. But we're throwing darts at each other. Instead of looking out for the darts of the enemy and, and protecting our brothers and sisters, we're, we're throwing darts at them. That's a very serious issue to consider, and I pray that we're broken over that. What about number 16, a church in fear? A church in fear. It's true. There are many believers who are in fear. There is... There is a, a, a healthy respect for COVID. We've seen the effect it's had on, on people and, and their body and their health, their organs. It's it's something to respect. But there's another element where fear uh, not to be associated with the, with the believers when it comes to life, sickness, and death. That's an issue. That's something we're going to have to talk through, counsel through, and, and, and encourage believers to humbly accept the fact and confess that when you are in a fear-based position to acknowledge this so that you may be encouraged and helped. And for those who are helping them, not to be critical, judgmental, but to be once more compassionate. Okay, well, I'm going actually into the initiatives, right, when I'm doing all of this. Okay, number 17, a dying church. Now, this death is, 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 is the spiritual death we see at so many of the churches in Revelation, but also numerical of the church. It cannot sustain the members either losing job or, or having having to relocate or to move so so it's faithful but yeah like like the church in smyrna it, it's rich in spiritual things but it, it's in material things it's poor they need help they need encouragement but then there's uh, there are the churches that are dying spiritually but they're thriving numerically there's one uh, congregation i know of and I may raise this particular group up later, but I'm giving them a chance to, to answer some questions first because what they did was really shocking and needs to be exposed unless they can admit that they made some poor choices. But they're dying spiritually. It's like the lampstand will be removed from that church. And, and those churches where they're no longer representing Christ, the, the glory is gone and people need to know that. The glory is not seen in the emotional, the stirring of emotions to chanting words or, or you know, 7-Eleven songs. It's, it's a glory seen in the preaching of the supreme gospel, the, the, the supremacy of Christ, the rule of Christ, sufficiency of Christ, sanctification, discipleship, church discipline, a communion. Okay, see I'm moving into my initiatives already, see that? All right, the number 18, this is issue number 18. A thriving church. Now you say, well, a thriving church, that's a good thing. Yeah, a thriving church, though, but what if you are the, the church, the first church of the biblical corner, and you're tucked away, nestled in this, this obscure location, 
but everyone seems to be flooding into another congregation. That's an issue to think about. And so now it puts into question your ability to give God thanks because why as Paul says, the gospel being proclaimed. Number 19, an abnormal church in a case of plain words, right? And I use the word abnormal, which means that you don't have your normal attendees, your regular attendees, your regular members are not there. So when will they return? Number 20, it is this, it is reimagining church. How about that? Reimagining church. You may ask, well, are you, uh, Seymour, are you a proponent of that? Absolutely not, it's, it's horrific. But it actually has been adopted. We heard about reimagining law enforcement. Now that's being transitioned over to the church. And all of the issues that I've mentioned, many of them fit into this reimagining church, like online services such as, quote, worship, quote, communion, that, that are being embraced or accepted as, as the right thing to do. So these are issues for us to, to really look at, to tackle. And I, and I pray in the, the next uh, episode of our podcast that, that we will look at the initiatives to consider what is the biblical response encountered so that we can be faithful to the word of God. As we conclude this year, that it was the sovereign will of God for us to be a part of these things. That God has called us and equipped us in Christ, given us the strength and the power by our spirit to navigate through this year for his glory, our good, for the good of the church, the glory of the gospel, and moving forward and advancing to when all things will be complete and culminate in the Lord Jesus Christ. So this year is a year of God's great design and handiwork with all the calamities, not in spite of, but with them, that God is being glorified. And we look forward to concluding this year as he wills, whether life or in death, if we don't conclude this year because we are with him, we will be in the presence of our Savior. May the Lord's grace and blessings be with you. My name is Seymour Hellegard, and this is the pastor's soapbox.